Welcome to the Dynasty Vipers ViperCast, where all things football are injected right to your veins. With your hosts, Matt Donnelly, Calvin Shoemaker, and Jeff Mueller. Welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. This is episode 38, and today we have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Rolla with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? Oh, I'm wonderful. That intro, that really concerned me. I'm like, the production value. Like, I listen, I don't even know if NFL Fantasy Live has production value of such merit. Like, that was really good. That's really impressive. Like, I was, listen, I do a lot of these, and I go on here like, okay, like, it's so funny. I think it was Kevin Smith who once said this, that all the great filmmakers, like the current, like the younger generation, the, the Kevin Smiths and the John Favros and stuff like that, are now making YouTube videos and streams and TikToks and things like that. They're not making motion pictures anymore. And I think that's a testament to it. Because I'm like, geez, Louise, that's awesome. You're so good. So well, good. That's, that's- And I'm not even talking about the mustache, but like the whole production of that intro was amazing. I'm blown away. So basically, I just cut the audio, and I'm like, hey, uh, Finero, can you do something with this real quick? And he, he put that whole thing together there. And yeah, uh, for me, I ain't that smart. Uh, I really don't have any great stories <laughs> about me. So, uh, I, But I do know what. I do know where to find information and who to trust with that information. So that's where you see the fence, the little graphics there, the little snake eyes around you, the intro video. Like We've got Bob Gilchrist on graphics. we got Finero kind of doing the video there. And then Bobby we've got – Bobby G, absolutely. He wanted to sneak in the back room here, so at some point. But I was that's like, a, absolutely. That, you know, that, that's an old school name of like when I had two hundred and forty nine Twitter followers. I think Bobby was one of them. Like he's been around. Like it's. I see that name and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like that guy. Like I think of like the journey that I've been on, and you think of you know just things like that of, of guys from Twitter and whatever. You're like oh my god, that guy's been around for a long time. Also, oh wait, I wrote this kid's name down too. I want to make sure that I. Shout out Josh Nelson, because he said something very nice about me on Twitter, which is very rare. Like, you stand <laughs> out. If you say something nice about me on social media, it really sticks out. It's like wearing fuchsia, like a fuchsia suit when you say something nice about me. So I wanted to say hello to Josh and say thank you. And I, I, uh, I'm i going to go check him out, his stuff, because he's, he's, he's a Canadian as well. And so I want to go check out his stuff soon. Absolutely. And you know what? He, he's a huge guy. He's got energy like you wouldn't believe. Uh, he'll probably catch this show a little bit. Uh, Smokey Nelson. He's with the uh, True North Smokey Fantasy Nel- Football. Yeah, True North. That's it. I'm sorry. I wrote his name down. So I wanted to make sure I should have read it. I was like, I'll remember True North. I'm not an idiot. And then it's spaced. Then I spaced, I should say. Yeah, we, we stick to us Canadians. We stick tight together. He's got a couple of little shows, the Jet Sweep, the Smoke Show. So he, he's probably going to try and reach out now and get you on there. So I would recommend that if you get an opportunity to do that, because I know that would make his day for sure. Oh, my gosh. And I've got a I've got a Team Canada sweater hanging in the closet back there, and I will save it for his show if I ever get a, if I ever get the opportunity to do it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to like I'm not going to invite myself onto a show or try to breathe that into existence. But if it happens, I'm just saying I've got the sweater ready to go. <laughs> Well, well, if you need yourself a Paul Heyman or a Bobby the Brain, I, I can hook this up. I can manage this. I can work Maybe. this deal out. If you can, if you can, gap bridge that gap with Jeff and me or Josh, excuse me, I would appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Consider it done. Uh, you've got your finger kind of on the pulse of Los Angeles. We've got to talk a little bit how, well, basically from 5 p.m. 5 p.m. on, it's kind of like hell on the highway. <laughs> but what's the pulse now that Jared Goff is gone and Matt Stafford's coming in? A lot of happy people, a lot of Angelinos. You know who the most, the the happiest people in the world are the people who are from Detroit and they've moved to Southern California. And for whatever reason, they've continued to stick with the Lions year in, year out and everything. This was the perfect opportunity for them to now jump ship. They're like, I'm a Rams fan now. Oh, I'm sticking with my guy Stafford. Because you would have felt terrible, like, leaving. Like, it, it doesn't feel right to leave your hometown team, even though you're now living in Southern California. But Stafford gives you the perfect entrance into being a Rams. Like, nobody's going to think twice. Nobody's going to care. You, you're going to a team that's coached by Sean McVay. And unless Sean McVay ever does the John Madden and decides to retire after 10 years, or even Gruden did this as well, you're going to have the best coach, like if not the best, one of the best coaches in the NFL for over a decade. Like what a great, like I, I wish I could attach myself to like Mitch Trubisky or something or, or somebody, because I wouldn't mind like making that jump as well. Be like, I'm a Rams fan again. So like, here we are. But you know what? Uh, I think people are excited. And I think that I think Bears fans are excited because we're not getting Jared Goff. Because for whatever reason, <laughs> that was floated out there like, oh my God, why would the Bears want an unathletic version of the guy that you're getting rid of? You're like, hey, I've got a Camry. I'm going to go get a Yaris. Like, no, you don't go down, you upgrade. So uh, it's good. I think people are excited. I think the Rams are starting to catch on. I feel, well, I think what the NFL should have done is they should have just made Justin Herbert go to the Rams and be like, let's be honest, like nobody really cares about the Chargers except for the six guys who have been in my Twitter timeline. Be like, why do you have Jonathan Taylor as the offensive rookie of the year? Huh? Like, okay, obviously, like I don't have any sway and everybody's voting for Justin Herbert. And I wanted to stick up for a running back who went out and did a great job. But outside of those kids, Nobody cares about the Chargers. So just put them on the Rams and have some fun. But with Stafford in town, there's a lot of excited people. So it's, I think it's going to be huge. I think it, well, it kind of sucks, you know, because they're the best team in the NFC right now. I mean, I think I, I mean, obviously the Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl. But now with the Rams, with Stafford, I think that's a good mm -hmm. team. Well, it's kind of funny because I think this may be the second most important export from Detroit to LA since Axel Foley came over right. back in the day. Yeah. I wonder, like, you, that's probably the only reason those people still continue to be Lions fans is they've got the Axel Foley Letterman's jacket with the Lions yep. thing. Like, that was cool. So, I, I guess, Axel Foley. I thought you were going to say Axel Rose, and I was going to be like, he's from Indiana, but you caught me. <laughs> Axel Foley, you're right. I got Calvin, or one of our other co-hosts with that the other day. He seemed to be thrown off for a loop there when I mentioned Axel Foley <laughs> and Beverly Hills Cop, and it just kind of went over there. Um, so, he's we've got kind of a big still, game. These kids don't know the classics. No, and it's it's rather disappointing because I, I literally have more children than I have fantasy football championships. Oh, so no. I'm yeah. I'm literally one, the Canadian Philip Rivers. Okay. No, he's got he's got quite a few championships as well. It's just the oh, children wow. he has an excess of. All right. Well, I <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can... If you have free health care, I guess it's it, yeah. Canada well, takes care. Canada takes care of its citizens, so it makes sense to have children. I'm definitely bumping up that 2.2 children average up here. So <laughs> someone's got to do that. How many do you have? Like, seriously. Uh, living in my house or who've moved up, including oh ones that moved God. up. Oh, my God. 
Some have lived. Some have already moved out. Dude, I, I got grandchildren. I actually at like five forty-five your time. I got another gender reveal party for one of my daughters. I have. Oh my god! I <laughs> I thought you. I, were, I thought you were a kid. I thought you were some twenty-year-old. Oh no, I'm old. Some Gen Z kid. Oh, I ain't that smart. If if I was that smart, I'd be able to do my own videos by now. That's true. But. But like I said, I got nine kids living with me, and I got five that have already moved out. So we've hit oh fourteen. God. Yeah, like I may Philip actually don't know what hit him. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Like Antonio Cromartie ain't got nothing on me here. So, yeah. though he might actually. But uh, <laughs> I do that map. Uh, how Lewis, hard is you it, got how how hard is it to remember their names? I've got two, and sometimes, and I've got a boy <laughs> and a girl. And I'll sit there and yell at one of them. I'm like, that's not even, that's not even a whatever. Like, I'm not even calling, I can't even get the two of them situated. You know what? I just make a lot of loud noises and sounds and see which one responds. And then they automatically go to the top of the food chain in my, in my ranking system here. That's, that's the hard hitting analytics we have here. 14 kids. Like that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm always apprehensive about going on big brother is that number one, I'm not a good public pooper. So I think that would be something that would hold me back, you know, like, cause I would need everybody. I like, I need everybody to leave the house if I'm going to go <laughs> and, and make, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I fear that number one, number two, it's like not learning everybody's name and like being in week, you know, like day 34 and being like, what's that kid's name sitting over there? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. And I'm, I feel like I'm okay with names, but it's like, I just, that is my biggest fear of like, who is this person? Like being in the, like in the confessional, and the producers having to tell me like what somebody's name is. I think these are the, by the way, these are the things that I worry about in my life. This is, this is, this is actually something that goes on in my mind. Like when people are lying awake at night, wondering, you know, about world problems, I'm like, how would I do in big brother remembering everybody's <laughs> name? Like that's, that's where I my mean, mind is. These are important uh, issues. So <laughs> I get it. I, I, w- I agree. I, I'm with you, Rick. I would struggle with the pooping. Uh, I'm not a public uh, pooper either. But I, I've had entire like forty-five minute phone conversations with people whose name I did not know. You know, you're sitting there, you're waiting for that cue, like, uh, yeah, okay, I know Johnny. And you're like, oh, Susan, okay, I got you now. You know, I, there's I've had conversations where I've hung up and not known who I was talking to. It happens, and when I came on here, you know, I don't know if you noticed the trick, but Matt, I addressed you by your name, Lewis, I addressed you by your name, because I know that I'm gonna be looking at the camera, and if I have to remember your name on the fly. I got to have that ingrained. So, you know, you got to, you got to do that little thing where you say somebody's name, but after, after day four of the big brother house, if you haven't, (laughs) if you haven't really talked to everybody, you're like, damn it. What's that kid's name? Like uh, bald guy. And then there's the tall guy, you know, whatever it is. So I don't know. Well, that's why we got, we got like slim, we got baldy, you know, you just kind of refer to some kind of part of that person. Right. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. Everybody's got a nickname. That's why everybody that lives in the neighborhood, like out here, uh, every, every kid is buddy. Hey, buddy. What's going on, yeah. buddy? Hey, yeah, buddy. In, here in Australia, we have that, that cop out as well. Everyone's mate. Everyone's, mate, that, yeah. that's it. That's all you need. That's it. You're good. You can, you can have conversations with people for a year and not know their name, but it's, it's mate. And that's it. That's all you need. You guys, and you're, you're golden. You guys are the best. I love Australians. I think Australians are just such great people. The thing that the only Australian I'm mad at is Adam Scott for not being a better putter. Like, come on. Like, it's so frustrating. I'm such a fan. Like, I have Uniqlo uh, clothes 
For mm-hmm. no other reason than Adam Scott. And Adam Scott. <laughs> I was I was in New York like a couple of years ago. I was in New York walking down Fifth Avenue, and there's a huge Uniqlo store. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta go. And I like everything's like four dollars. It's so cheap. Bucks. It's a sweater for four bucks. Like, how <laughs> could I not have this? And uh, I just need Adam Scott to play better. Plus, and when Patrick Reed goes out there and wins, like that was the thing. I don't know how much you pay attention to golf. But I was looking at the leaderboard at Torrey Pines last week, and I know we're not, I know we're supposed to be talking about fantasy football or whatever. But I'm watching fantasy golf. Some people play it. I don't know. But I'm looking at the leaderboard, and, and Patrick Reed is the only American on this leaderboard. It's all, you know, it's all foreigners to Americans, of course. And I'm like, I want every single one of these guys to beat Patrick Reed. Anybody but the American, please. Adam Scott was up there, and some of the others. Who else was up there? But, you know, but I, I was rooting against the American. I was hoping that Adam Scott was going to pull it off. And uh, spoiler alert, he didn't. Yeah, well, I, I'm sorry he disappointed you, but I'll, I'll put a word out to the, uh, to the Australian community and, and relay the message onto, onto Adam Scott that a, that a fellow Adam is uh, you know, upset with his putting performance. And we'll, we'll see what we can do to rectify that for you. And, you know, I'm kind of a UNLV fan too. And I know that Bobby was talking about golf as well. So, yeah, I love golf. Sorry, that's a weird aside. I know. I, you know what's funny, too, is uh, I booked a bunch of, uh, like, this is kind of my media day, and I'm getting to, to hang out with a bunch of people and talk about a bunch of cool things. I, bu- I got some new clubs from Srixon, and they arrived today. Like, right right when the first appointment started, here comes the guy with the box. I'm like, there's a box of clubs sitting here taunting me, and uh, but I'm ready. That's the one cool thing about being, like, we were talking about L.A., we don't have Jared Goff anymore. Our traffic sucks, but at least we can golf in in February. So that we got that going for us. I mean, it's probably a good thing you don't have Jared Goff anymore, right? So it's two two positives, one minus. You're you you net one ahead there. Uh, so let's uh let's talk a little bit of football. Now we've gone gone around and talked golf. There is the, <laughs> there is there is a game of football happening on on well, I guess Sunday your time. Not sure if you've heard about that. That's going on. It's a uh, Monday morning for me here in Australia, Super Bowl right. Monday. It's very strange. But uh, What time do you have to get up for that? Actually, the Super Bowl's at a good time. Uh, I think it's 9.30 a.m. local time. During the season, now that's a different kettle of fish. Ah, three, three, 3 a.m. is my wake-up call on a, on a Monday morning for, for my little date with Scott Hansen on Red Zone, but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is great. I love it, but it's, uh, 9.30 is definitely better. But, Rank, what are your thoughts on, on the matchup? Who do, you, who do you like? Who do you think is going to win? What are you betting? Just how do you see this game unfolding? Well, as an NFL employee, I don't know what betting is. Oh, yeah. Sorry, people, my mistake. I don't know if people wager on that, Lewis. Uh, I'll have to check in. Let me ask you, though, real quick before I get into it. Do a lot of, like, is it a big thing in Australia? Are there a lot of people who are not going to go to work? Because I know, like, out here, like, even though the United States doesn't really care that much about soccer, when it's the World Club, when it's the World Cup, everybody's engaged and everybody's blowing off work. Is it like that in Australia? You know what? That's probably a great comparison because like NFL popularity is just skyrocketing here, but still people struggle with the time zones. Like, like I said, early Monday morning, it's not good. But for Super Bowl, every single bar will be showing the Super Bowl. Everyone, And it's that kind of thing. It's a social event. People don't really know the rules. Everyone's going to be turning up in a Tom Brady Buccaneers jersey. That's just how it's, how it's going to go. But yeah... Uh, You've got to make a booking, right? Especially, I mean, especially now with COVID and stuff, we can go out to bars, but you still got to make reservations. But it's hard. Everywhere's full up. Everyone wants to to just be around a Super Bowl party because it's something fun. It's something different. Uh, yeah. So it's that that excitement for the event itself 
rather than maybe the particulars of the game. I'd say like half the people there won't have a clue what's going on, but they're just there to be a part of it like it, like it would be with the World Cup with the U.S. men's national team. Well, that's great. And if you get a chance to drink in the morning, I think that you got to take advantage of it. I'm on the West Coast, and back in the day, we would go to Las Vegas and things like that. And the games kick off at 10 in the morning for us. <laughs> so that's always like and having corpuscular beers like March Madness with the NCAA basketball tournaments the same way as well. So that's always a lot of fun. Any reason to go out there and drink in the morning, I think, is a, a great reason. Uh, but Absolutely. To, but to go back to the game, you know, this is, this is really fun because this – feels like a main event Super Bowl. Now, every year the Super Bowl is huge. But when you have the Falcons in there, it's kind of like when it's a WrestleMania and they have like a lesser person in it. They're like, oh, like we had like some, the original card that we had planned uh, didn't work out. So now we're throwing in one of our mid-carders. Like no disrespect to the Falcons, but you're a mid-carder. Like I'm watching it. Like I will watch WrestleMania. You know, I'm trying to think of a, like if, uh, like, David Arquette. Yeah, you know, like that. Like, uh, a little bit more, but, like, if Ricochet is headlining wrestling, no disrespect to Ricochet, but, like, you're you're a mid-carder. Like, again, you're making a great living and everything like that, but if Ricochet is fighting Roman Reigns, that WrestleMania main event does not have the the chutzpah of, like, Roman Reigns and, like, Kevin Owens, who was who he was fighting during the Royal Rumble or somebody like that. So that this is really a, a great... Just Super Bowl, like not just the teams, but like great, like one of the best quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest of all time, according to a lot of people. Then, of course, you have Patrick Mahomes, who's one of the most exciting players that we've seen enter the league since, I don't know, Michael Vick or somebody like that, who really revolutionized the NFL. And so you hope that it's going to live up to that hype, that it's going to be a high-scoring game with with a bunch of intrigue and everything like that. And I, I think that there it will be. I think what we've seen out of the Kansas City Chiefs is that they've been so good that at times they almost seem bored with playing football. We saw it last year. They fell behind the Houston Texans 24 to nothing before they rallied to win that game. You know, this year, the Browns gave them a little bit of a scare. They got, they got behind the Buffalo Bills, who jumped out to a 9 nothing lead. And yet, it just you saw in that, that mic'd-up segment, with Nicole Hardman, who had the fumble. Like, the Chiefs were just not concerned about anything. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, I know we're losing, but we'll we'll get it back. To the point they went out and got a touchdown to Nicole Hardman. So they, they're not only so good, like, we'll get it back, but we'll also give you a touchdown so you feel better and you're not sitting here morose while the rest of us are celebrating. And they've got a good matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because as good as the Bills were, it still seemed like the Bills were like, ah, like, it's, it's such a great, like, underdog story, like a plucky team, and maybe they can do it. When you look at the Buccaneers and their ability to score points, you look at Tom Brady and all the offensive weapons. Like, this is one team that when they're matched up against the Chiefs, like, you could go weapon for weapon because we were looking at – there was an Instagram post for the NFL Network of, like, which receiving core would you want? Would you want Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey – and Hardman, or would you want Godwin, Evans, and Gronk? And a lot of people are like, Chiefs easy. I'm like, it's not that easy. I know that Kelsey's great, but it's like the Chiefs or the, the Buccaneers have a couple of great wide receivers, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and they didn't stop there. That was the one of the most impressive things that, unlike the Green Bay Packers, who were like, hey, Aaron, you got us to the NFC Championship game. We're going we're gonna to draft your replacement and not a guy who can help you this year. 
the Buccaneers did the opposite with Tom Brady, and they said, what can we do to help you out? Like, they had a pretty good team already, but yep. they went out and they added Rob Gronkowski. They added Antonio Brown, who might or might not be able to go on Sunday, and at and Leonard Fournette, and, like, added players to a, to a roster that was already pretty good. So I think that this is going to be one of the best matchups that we've seen in quite some time. I think it's going to hopefully be one of the best games that we've seen in quite some time, but I still have the Chiefs favored in this one. All right, I think we've talked enough about football now for okay. the show, so we're, we're going to move on. I, tr I tried to kill it all in one stretch. Beautiful. That was Damn. perfect. So I was going to go into the matchup versus the matchup, but we've, we've already got the wide receivers and the tight end matchup as being the key thing here. Um, Car Carlton Davis is going to have his hands full again with Tyreek Hill, so hopefully he learned something from him from looking at his backside last time they played. So I will say this too, and I know uh, with Eric Fisher, you know his availability being an issue, when you look at how great – the Buccaneers were or two weeks ago going up against Aaron Rodgers, putting pressure on him and really haranguing Rodgers. And JPP looked great. And, mm -hmm. you know, they got into Amakin Sue and all those guys. The thing is, this season, when he's been blitzed, Patrick Mahomes has not thrown an interception. I think his passer rating somewhere in the 130s. He's got 15 touchdowns to no interceptions when he's facing the blitz. So I don't know, like, you can almost just remove the offensive line. It feels like Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way to get the ball into the hands of his receivers. So I'm interested to see how that plays out as well. Yeah, he's just a he's just a cheat code. He's the builder character on Madden that you just juice every <laughs> every stat to 99. It doesn't matter. You put, put your quarterback as kick return skills of, of 99. It doesn't matter. You just jack it all up. And that's what Mahomes is. He truly is a freak. Uh, and, you know. Will be far more mobile than Aaron Rodgers as well. So, uh, yeah, the Tampa Bay D line is going to have their hands full for sure. It'll be one of those things like the create a player thing was really huge. Uh, so I played a lot of the NCAA football game, and I know that EA Sports announced that the college football game will be returning in a couple of years here. But like, the, you would create that guy and go and win the Heisman. You know, you would create him for like and recruit him to Utah State or UNLV or Fresno or something like that. And then you get him there and then you win that you win the Heisman with him. So that's what Mahomes is kind of like. Yeah, no question. I enjoyed your tweet about uh, creating a <laughs> dynasty at UNLV. That that did make me chuckle. That and you know what? And they're gonna have that that new stadium. Like I was I was always like trying to recruit guys to come to Sam Boyd Stadium, a glorified high school field. I always felt it was tough. And I always I would always make it a player by the name of Jesse Bell, which is which was my grandmother's name. And it was a running back, a big running back who wore number seven. And I guess Fournette wore seven at LSU. So it's kind of like it like that. And that was always my Heisman trope. Like, because that team always sucked when you first started and you weren't getting a lot of good recruits. So you're like running the ball 40 times a game. Turn the injuries off and just run that guy and win him the Heisman. That's the way. That's the, I actually did acquire myself an old Xbox 360 during lockdown and a, and a copy of NCAA 14. So I was uh, oh, putting nice. some hot, putting some hard hours into into building myself a <laughs> dynasty. Nice. It's a lot of fun. It is a ton of fun. Uh, all right, moving on from football, Adam. We've been asking all of our guests this question, right? So if you're coming in to throw the ninth inning or coming down into the ring. What's your entrance music going to be? What are you picking to let everyone know it's about to go down? Okay, well, if I was walking to the ring, which means I would be a professional wrestler, which means I would not borrow a wrestler's theme. Like if I'm in AEW 
and I'm going out to face Cody, not Rhodes, don't want to get sued, but if I'm going out to face Cody, I think my music would have to be a little bit different. I would have to take some commercialized music. And this is the one song that I always go back to is Remedy by the Black Crows because I feel like it's just got a cool, like, cool start or whatever. And, you know, when I make radio, I, I make a weekly radio appearance for this KNBR in San Francisco, and they always play Remedy for me. So it's kind of like, oh, it's like kind of my theme song. But if I was closing games out for the Angels and professional wrestling music was available to me, and I know that we had a closer by the name of Hansel Robles who came out to the Undertaker's theme, obviously that's been taken now. I think I would come out to the Undisputed Era's music. And I don't know if I could kind of time it out to get to the mound by the time for the boom, but I think that would be a nice little touch as well. Nice. A little choreography, a little timing, a little bit of showmanship on the way out. I can dig it. It really is all about the showmanship, isn't it? Right. I mean, I might be giving up a three-run bomb to blow the lead, but I would look pretty damn cool coming out. And Mark Gubazon is the is the color commentator for the Angels, and he's also a wrestling fan as well. So I know that he would appreciate it, but then, you know, I don't know how long I would last if I was giving up a lot of bomb, a lot of bombs or stuff like that, but for the for the for the short term, I would look pretty sick. <laughs> look good, feel good, throw good. That's it. There it is. So another thing we've been asking is, how did you get into fantasy football? Like I know you started writing, I think it was 1995-ish, give or take. But how did you get your foot into the door and kind of tied into, like, were you a big baseball guy growing up? Or were you a football player? Was there that tie-in? What, what was a young Adam like? I loved all sports. You know, I was really into everything, ba- basketball, baseball, hockey even, and, of course, football. And, you know, I would always harangue sports writers, send them emails or anything like that. And, you know, and just, you know, I was involved in it in just, you know, once it, once it, once it turned out that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, I thought that, that this was the next best, best thing. And it was really uh, at the behest of one of my friend's mothers growing up because she was an educator. And I remember when I was starting at Cal State Fullerton, I was a business major. Nobody in my family had ever gone to college. So I don't, I don't know what I was doing. And I was like filling stuff out and like business just seems like the most, like it's the most banal thing. Like, yeah, of course business, like it, it seems like it covers everything. But my friend's mother was talking to me during a Thanksgiving holiday one year. And she's like, why? She, and I was telling her that I didn't like, you know, I'm like, I hate these classes. Like it kind of like, it's over my head. Like I don't, I'm having a hard time keeping up. And she's like, well, you were so good at writing. Like, why don't you, why don't you just major in that? And I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, really? She's like, oh, you could be a journalism major and, you know, go on and learn how to be a sports writer. I'm like, you can do that? Like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know the steps. And so I leaned on some of the guys. This is actually, as much as fraternities suck, like, this was actually a very helpful thing for me because, like, there were guys in the in, in the fraternity who were communications majors who kind of helped me along the way. You know, I didn't have any, I didn't have an older you know, none of my older siblings went to college, so I didn't really have anybody to lean on. So that kind of helped out and then just started, you know, going at it that way and, and covering sports and covering like I went to Cal State Fullerton. So our baseball team was amazing. So I covered that. And it, funny enough, like I one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Cal State Fullerton was to try to walk on the baseball team just to see just to see where my skill level was. And, and apparently it wasn't there. So it wasn't like I wasn't those guys like. So it's so funny. Like whenever I hear somebody 
who has a story of like, oh yeah, you know, I was going to play ball in college, but I got hurt. I'm like, no, you didn't. Because if you were good enough, they would have kept you around. Like I knew a guy, uh, my buddy, Tony, who had Tommy John surgery in college and then eventually, you know, hung around long enough, got to finally pitch, won a college world series and things like that. But it's just one of those things like, if you were good enough, they would have been, they would have invested in you. You didn't get hurt and lost. No, that doesn't happen. You were not good enough. And it's some, and it's so hard for people to understand that. Like you're just not like at some point the road ends for you. Like you're just not like, you know, it's a funnel. Like you think about all the people who play in junior high and then it gets funneled to high school, then college. And then all that's all the way up to the, to the professional ranks and just going out. Like when I played baseball, like I could hit the ball really far. I could run really fast. I had a decent enough arm, but I didn't make a lot of contact as much as other people. And just watching these guys who are playing on the Cal State Fullerton team, like even in batting practice, just not missing. You're like, yeah, it's not me. Like I, that's I. You're like it is. It's just you can't be bummed out about it. You're like, eh, this guy's just really good. Like I don't know. Like I don't know what you want me to do. Like it, this guy's better than me. And I know as an athlete, it's always tough to uh, to make that to to admit that. But for me, it was you know pretty. I have, I have eyes. Like, I'm not going to fool myself. Like, yeah, this guy's better than me. So I go into the sports writing and do all this stuff. And, you know, to make a, a longer story longer, I uh, did the college, college newspaper stuff. I wrote for the LA Times covering high school sports, applied for an internship with NFL Publishing. And as luck would have it, the, the, the guy who was doing it, who was uh, doing the hiring, was an old LA Times guy. So my interview was all, hey, did you know this guy? Did you know Craig Stanky? Who is your, you know, is Bob Rohr still there? Was he the editor? Did you know Earl Bloom? Like a lot of that stuff. And like after 20 minutes, he's like, okay, I'll let you know. I'm like, you didn't ask me one single question about anything that I do. You just asked me who I knew. I'm like, okay. It seemed positive. He was very excited. So I did that. And then once I got into that internship, like I was like, Every year, because I saw it a couple of years left in school, like every year I'd be like, hey, can I come back? And I come back and I kept doing it. I had an internship with the Dodgers minor league team one time too. So I was just trying to accumulate as much experience as possible and then just stuck around. Like, I will tell you this. And again, again, to make this incredibly long story, even longer. Keep it going. The third year. Yeah, it was the third year. I'm still interning and it's a lot of fun. Like I'm working for the NFL. Like it, it was cool. Like I was underage for part of it, you know, like it's, it's a cool thing. Like I work for the NFL, like what, what could be cooler than this? And so I was out of, I was out of school and, you know, usually at the end of the summer, we would have a send off or anything like that, but they didn't. And Chuck Garrity, who was the manager, uh, was on vacation and he goes, you know, and so he was gone and I was finally of age and I was drinking at a bar called Cassidy's in Newport beach. And I was talking to my friend and I said, you know what? Because especially because I was getting paid, I was getting paid like eight bucks an hour, 11 bucks an hour, something stupid. I think by this time it was 11 bucks an hour. And I said, you know what? I go, they, I didn't have to fill out any paperwork. I'm just going to show up for work. And I feel like I'll get at least two weeks out of this. And, you know, if nothing else, I'll get paid for two more weeks. I was still, you know, a food runner at the Irvine Improv. So I was still like making, at that point, I felt, felt I was making bank. So I just kept going. And just doing uh, doing that, and then he comes back after two weeks, and I'm still there. And he's like, what are you working on? And I had gotten involved in this project, uh, Ron Mix 
was was putting out a trading card set and I was doing a bunch of research for it. I'm like, oh yeah, Peterson's got me working on this Ron Mix trading card set. And he just goes, all right. And he just walks away like, okay, cool. And then a couple months down the road, he just shows up with a post-it note being like, oh, by the way, like you can't intern here forever. And I'm like, oh shit. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, oh no, it's cool. He's like, we're just going to hire you. Like, here's what you'll be making. And you're like, oh my God, I made it. And so, and I know like this again, like this, I know this is an incredibly long story. At some point, I end up with NFL Media, NFL.com. The publishing group goes away. I end up with NFL Media. I'm working on the desk, editing news stories, like putting AP stories on the site. And I'm like, and I told uh, my supervisor, I said, this job, like this, I don't know, man. Like, I, I love working for the NFL, but I, this isn't very exciting. I want to write a little bit more and I want to do some other things. And he goes, I'll make you a deal. He's like, if you will edit all of the fantasy content. I'll let you write for it. And I said, okay, because there, there was, like the NFL, the, the NFL network had like 12 rows of cubicles. NFL.com had two. And there was one person who was doing fantasy. And so he's like, if you edit his stuff, then you can write a column too. And if that's enough for you, then you can stick around. And I'm like, of course, I'd love to do that. And then started doing that because I love, because they were like, you love fantasy, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Because I was really into fantasy. Like, I loved it. You know, I was always talking about it and totally into it. I think my league of record by this, because this is like right around 2007. So my league of record was already six years in. And uh, and I was always, you know, in the newsroom being upset, you know, if uh, like if I was working the Monday night game and like the, the I, I remember it was it was far in overtime was it Greg Jennings? They had an overtime game against the Broncos and I law and like, whatever. So I was a known like fantasy person. So they put, so they put me on this and then it's luck would have it. You know, the following year they started doing on-demand videos and they're like, well, you're working, you know, why don't you jump in these all on-demand videos as well? So I'm like, cool. It was uh, fabs and me and Lindsay Rhodes. And so we were doing that. And then the following year it was uh, they started NFL fantasy live as a Sunday morning only mm -hmm. thing. And that was Fabs, Damashek, Michelle Beisner was the host. And we did that. And that was a once a week. And then there became a daily show. And then, you know, it is what it is today. You know, finally, you know, the NFL realized like, hey, people are into fantasy football. And now just sitting here looking at everybody and like all the content that's being created and all the great voices that are out there and so many different people, so many points of view. And it's so fun to uh, see how the industry has exploded. And so uh, that is the longest story. That was, I know that everybody's clicked out by now and everybody's <laughs> like, I cannot believe this guy can talk this long without, see, I'm a, I've done stand-up, so I know how to go forever and I could keep, I'll keep going, but no, but that's, uh, that's the long story of it. And I'm sorry for taking up everybody's time. Hey, the more you speak, the less I have to. It's fantastic. That, that, that's called good hosting right there. Um, <laughs> Excellent hosting. When I, no, no one's here to hear me. No one clicked in to see me talk. They're here to see you, oh, Adam. Stop, so stop. Uh, that's fantastic. They um, probably came in. They're like, "Oh, it's rank. Why are they still giving this guy a platform?" I'm out. Boom. <laughs> Half the people don't even realize who I am. So I think we're safe. This is like a safe place here. No one, no one quite gets there. Um, I'm going to throw this clip on here real quick because I, I want to make sure we get this in before we get too far along. Ready? Fantasy freaks and geeks, 
He is the Macho Man Ranky Savage. Oh yeah, the cream always rises to the top. Oh yeah, I am Hulk Kogan. And what you gonna do, brother? Oh yeah, when the Fantasy Danger Zone runs wild on you. Oh yeah, celebrating as you saw the fourth anniversary, the fourth birthday, the fourth year of carrying you, brother. Oh yeah. No, dude. What? Let's not talk about carrying me. That's. Kind of it's a joke, a, obviously. I mean, but still, it's not. Dude, it's a joke. Let's, let's the danger zone. Let's we joke around. Cut that. Cut. Three, two, one. He is the Macho Man Ranky Savage. Oh, yeah. The cream always rises to the top. Oh, yeah. And I am Hulk Kogan. What you gonna do, brother? Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I know. Don't jump my line. Why are you so serious at all? Don't, don't jump my line. Not, I'm not asking for a lot. I can't. I can't have a little joke at the top. That's not allowed. And now I can't. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Cut that. It's a fun segment. He is the Macho Man Ranky Savage. Cream to the top. Slim Jim. Snap into it. Come on, man. No, I just don't. You're gonna no sell this. I don't no, I, I'm tr I tried to Come have on, fun man. before. Come on. And then all of a sudden, no, all of a sudden you're like, oh, but you, you're caring. Like you got so sensitive about. It. Like it's four a, years of this fantasy. We have a cake. Zone, man. It's four Look, years. We, got, we went down. It's four years of the fantasy. We got a little cake. What? Come on, man. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Are you serious? You're going to throw a cake at me? Are you get, what, what are you doing? I'm so sick oh, of this. Oh, 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 this. You know what? Oh, oh, so tired of this. Oh, Every week. Oh, the same oh, thing. Oh, hotline bling. Rap lyrics, numbers. You want to look at the numbers? Here's the number. I'm number one. Danger zone, it's dead. Okay. I think that was one of my favorite skits to turn into on the NFL Network was the danger zone. Uh, you and James were fantastic, but this is behind the grind. What has happened? In the four years or so that have come and gone since then, because that was like the that was like the ending of something great. Well, you know what happened is I rose to the top, and James <laughs> Coe is no longer in this industry. Nobody's ever heard of James Coe. I put him on the map, and without me, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, no, 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 no. I did uh, breaking uh, kayfabe there. Yeah, you know what? Um, that was sincerely some of the best things that we have like, it was the most fun and it was it, it was such a riot to uh to be on the set because we would never know what you what, what 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 we're doing you know we're not really we're not rehearsing together or doing anything like that and just when he would do his thing and it was always i i there was a formula to it like mine was always like a six degrees of separation of like this guy went to SMU, which was the home of Bobby Ewing and blah, blah, blah. And it works out like, that's why you start CeeDee Lamb. Like what, where did he come from? And James would always do things with numbers and it would always come down to a thing and be like, look at the numbers. And you saw it there uh, as I was walking away. Like, if you want to look at the numbers, I'm number one like that. So it was always, and it just, just sitting there and just watching him do that stuff and like, and not knowing, like, and you knew it was going somewhere cool. And you knew it was something, you know, like, how is this all coming together? I felt like, a lot of times I felt like Terry Benedict as he's realizing how they hacked into his vault and stole all that money. 
You're like, oh my God, that's genius. <laughs> and just being blown away. And so it is, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was the, the, the high time. Like that is like, if you look back, if there was a, a fantasy live, like retrospective or something like that, that would be having the danger zone was like the Monday night wars of fantasy live. Like that was the peak, like right there. Like that's when everything was coming together and it was so much fun. And just looking around and just thinking about, you know, like doing things like it's, it's also fun too is when stuff like that is going on and we're ever doing things like that is you can kind of catch a peek on the, uh, of the people who were, you know, uh, on the other, on the other set and like looking over and like watching, like you can see like Colleen Wolf or Marcus, like dying, laughing, just being so amused by everything that was going on. I think that was actually the best part. Cause like, you know, we're doing a TV show. You don't know. It's not like doing stand up where there's an audience that's instantly giving you feedback. But when you see, you know, your co-hosts up there having as much fun as you are, even though they aren't in the segment, I think that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. And actually, you know, and I joke about James, James has gone on to uh, do some incredible stuff. And if you watch his videos, so good. And I know he's going up for an award this year for original videos. I hope he gets it. I don't know when they're going to announce it. It's the FSWA. And mm-hmm. uh, I know his Bob Ross stuff and a lot of the a lot of the sketches that he was doing that he's getting the accolades for it that he that he clearly deserves. So it's been it's been amazing watching him uh, perform and kick ass. I'm a little bummed out that we're not doing it together uh, anymore. But you know what? Never say never. You know what? Like you think about like Guns and Roses got back together. You know, you see whenever you watch the Royal Rumble, you're like, oh, my God, here comes Victoria or whomever, you, you know, like somebody like, oh, my God. So I'm always waiting for that day that uh that james co music hits and uh we are reunited once again rank i gotta i gotta say like you would to many people you know you've got a i've got a pretty cool job a pretty awesome job that you get to get to talk about fantasy but i gotta say as someone who works in big four professional service services for a living the fact that you get to beat your colleagues with a tray (laughs) is probably the thing that might be most appealing there because yeah uh that happens sometimes he, he assured me that it wasn't going to hurt. And I was just really scared. And I was trying not to catch his face. So it actually, it actually turns out to be some like sort of spanking, but I'm like, which to me kind of plays off funnier too, because like, I didn't really want to hurt him. So I'm trying not to like really reckon, by the way, he had a meeting. He had a meeting after that too. And he had to go and do it with like cake frosting all over his jeans. I mean, I, we only get one take at that. And so, um, yeah. So I was pretty happy with the way that that turned out. So we, we, we want to be mindful of your time here, Adam, but I got a couple of real quick questions I want to hit. You've been doing this for a long time, especially at the NFL Network. You've seen so many great, talented writers and people and content creators come and go and move on. Uh, who are some of the ones that you respect, that you whose relationships you cherish the most? You kind of talked about James Cole, the chemistry you guys had there a little bit, but there's been so many. Who are some of the ones that you're grateful to come across at some point? Well, I've really uh, appreciated what Matt Harmon has been able to do over at Yahoo. And I think that he's one of those guys who's probably, you know, going to be the biggest, like you, you think of it like this is going to be the biggest star of our industry. Like somebody who has the charisma and has great knowledge. And I love reception perception and what he's been able to do. And I think the world of him and what he, what he's done. I also love Graham Barfield. You know, when both these guys, you know, losing both of these guys, 
along with James. Like I think of those three guys of like, God, like this was such a, a talented cast. It, it was kind of like whenever you look back at some of the old second city things and you see Steve Carell and, and Stephen Colbert, you know, like, Oh my God, like they were in the second city and then they went on to go do these other things. And I feel like that's the way it's going to look for us and be like, Oh my gosh, like those guys were on fantasy live and now they're, they're huge stars. Like even Colleen, you know, Colleen came aboard the NFL media group for NFL now, and then started working with us, you know, hosting NFL fantasy live. And now she's doing Thursday night football and is absolutely crushing it. And then this season we brought in Kimmy checks into a full-time role. She did some, some, some stuff with us with fantasy league one last year, but then she stepped into a larger role in 2020 and has been crushing it. Now she's out there at Super Bowl week, and you look at her and what she's been able to do. And you're like, God, there's somebody too that's just going to be such a huge star. And it's just so fun, like, to be attached to them. Like, I, I feel like I'm now, like, this is going to sound so cocky, but it's like, I, you know, like, when you feel like when you're one of those older wrestlers, like, my job is to now get other people over. Like, I want ever, I want people to succeed, and I want people to to reach their, their dreams and what they want to do. Like I'm living like my dream. Like this is, this is it. My wife, as a matter of fact, found a piece of paper from a number of years ago. Um, I was actually applying for a job at CBS Sportsline, and, you know, and I had these going, this is before I was doing fantasy with us. And it was like these goals about like, I want to be big in the fantasy industry. I want to be viewed as somebody, you know, as knowledgeable and respected and all that stuff. And, you know, honestly, at that point, only Matthew Barry was the guy and he's, he's still the goat. So he's like, he's still the guy, like nobody's passed him by, by any stretch of the imagination. But that was the thing. Like, I want to be like, like a, a tenth of how good that guy is. And, you know, I've been able to go out there and I've been blessed to be able to do what I do and get an opportunity to go out there and have fun. And I, and I, I, I got to assure everybody who's listening or watching or anything like that. I, I, I honestly, I, I appreciate it every day. I know that this is a privileged job that, that millions of people would love to do. And I, I take it seriously every day. And that's why I work so hard at it and try to be as entertaining as possible. And I know that I annoy people probably, <laughs> but like, I'm, I just want to keep, I want to keep doing stuff. I want to, you know, I just want to keep going. And I, I feel like it's my, obligation to everybody who would love to do what I do that I continue to strive and try to get better every day every day and every time that I'm on writing or doing a hit or doing whatever it is I want to continue to be you know improving every time I get out there what's that one piece of advice that you would give someone who's watching right now if they have um they want to try and make it in this industry or make a name for themselves in any way shape or form I think that you just have to have the perseverance to not go away. Just people that refuse to leave. That to me is probably one of your biggest skills. I know everybody's got a great point of view and everybody's working as hard as they can, but think about like how many times, you know, I, I, I have this conversation with a lot of people. Like I, I want to do what you do. I want to do this. I want to, and you know, and you'll see them like on Instagram, let's say like they're on Instagram and I've seen this and I'll go back and I pay attention to this stuff. Cause I really want to know like a couple of years ago, somebody's like, I really want to get into this. I was on somebody's show and we did a thing and I went back and checked their Instagram and they haven't posted since 2018. Now they might've gotten another job or they might've taken another route. And that's what happens. You know, I think back, I mean, I could go all the way back to college. There were two guys that I was in college with who were my classmates. One of them was Tom Bray. Another guy was Jeff Goldblum. 
not Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldbaum, excuse me, not Jeff Goldblum. I'm not, I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm not that talented, but Jeff Goldbaum, like both of these guys were in my class. And if they weren't like, they were probably better. Like I'll just, they're better than me. Like it's, it's like when I was out on the field, like watching Mark Kotze rope baseballs and being like, I'm not as good as that guy. These two guys were also better than me in what I wanted to do, which was broadcast television and writing. I, I might've been a stronger writer, but those broadcasters, they were way better. But you know, as past, you know, as, as, as circumstances change and you know, you decide to take a different career path or whatever you choose your priority is, you know, it is, it's all about sticking with it, you know, and I stuck with it, you know, and I was able to get there. I, I mean, even if you think about people who become talented, you know, TV stars, comedians, musicians, it's always the people like, obviously you've got to have talent, but it's always the people who refuse to go away. And that's what I would tell like, don't go away. Don't let people tell you that you can't do this because you can, it just takes time. You know, I remember, you know, like, I know that I told like an 80 minute story about my, about my rise to mediocrity. But the thing is, is there's a part, there's a part in there where I didn't even talk about, like I got laid off for a, for a bit, you know, because the publishing group got downsized. I worked for the Orange County Register. I was making $17,000 a year. I was, I was doing my own blog. It was annoying my wife. Like you're really just putting so much time into this blog. And then eventually, you know what? I got on to AOL fan house and got back with the NFL and all this stuff. And cause I had always like, even though I was laid off, I was still working for the NFL. Like it's a contract like a, like a seasonal employee, you know, like I was ghostwriting Collinsworth's column and stuff like that. So, and Collinsworth's a cool guy, by the way, but anyways, I know sick name drop anyways. But the thing was, is like, I could have easily gone out and I could have, you know, just accepted some other job. I started, you know, looking into sales jobs or perhaps going into real estate or anything like that. But at some point I had to make the decision that this is what I wanted to do. And if you're also at that point, like you feel like this is something that you want to do. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. You have so many mediums to go out there and get your voice out there. You know, Twitter, Facebook, just social media alone, Twitter, Facebook, you know, Instagram, like Instagram hasn't really been dominated by anybody yet. There's not a great fantasy TikTok person yet. Like find your niche, find your, your way in this, in this fantasy world and, and make it happen. Like, that's it. That, that, that is my number one piece of advice is don't go away and good things will happen. Yeah. Keep turning up to that internship that they didn't, no one said anything about. Just keep turning it, up until they drag you out. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like rank was acting as like office space there. All he cared about was the stapler. He kept on showing up to work and <laughs> Ron Livingston left me $300,000. Yeah. That's exactly how it happened. <laughs> perfect perfect um we want to get out of here here i know we're a little bit uh rolling a little bit late here but can we get you to a you're going to do a little bit of an outro uh what people can see where they can find you what you're doing in the off season probably more important than everything but can you give us one of those awkward things that you hear on the uh like on xm radio like yeah hi um uh Jared Goff, and you're listening to the Viper cast, you know, something like that, that we could kind of cut and then put on later and kind of hang our hat on. Is he want it known as the Viper cast, not the dynasty Vipers? What are we doing? Viper cast? We can go with the dynasty Vipers Viper cast. It's, it's big. It's long. That's, it's now that's too many words to remember. <laughs> no, I let's told go with the Viper you, cast. my big fear, the Viper, the dynasty Viper, the dynasty Vipers Viper cast. Hey everybody, this is Adam Rank from NFL Network, and you are listening to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Perfect. That works for us. Oh, Fantastic. No. We're gonna cut that. That's gonna go on everything. 
But let, let everyone know what you're up to here in the offseason, and then we'll just kind of kick it on out of here. Hey, everybody. This is Adam Rank from NFL Media. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at AdamRankNFL. And, of course, like and subscribe the Adam Rank Podcast, available wherever you download podcasts. Sorry, that was super cheesy, but I just I was in the I was in the moment. Now that's it. You got to go with it. But that's rivaling money. That's rivaling Money Smith Dude, there on money, that almost. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a story about Matt Money Smith. Is I'm I grew. This is another part of the origin story that we didn't get into because I was spending so much time talking about other things. But I because I really love talking. But I love radio. Like, I love L.A. sports radio. I remember when Jim Rome was just starting out. He was a a Saturday scrub. You know, we used to call his show before it even became the jungle. Like, we used to call his show. And so, I like, Kevin and Bean was a local duo out here. And anybody in the Southern California area will no doubt be familiar with them. They They gave birth to people like Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, Carson Daly. And, of course, Matt Money Smith was the sports guy. So he was out and he was doing local radio here as well. And after the first year, after Michelle Beisner went on to go do something else, we brought in a host and we were trying out a bunch of people. Actually, no, we brought in Andrew. Here's a funny story. We brought in Andrew Siciliano uh, to be the host of NFL Fantasy Live. I don't know if I should be telling this, but I think that (laughs) who cares Uh, if they want to reprimand me, whatever. Like, I, I, I don't think this is a bad story. Like Andrew came in and was so good. Like, you know, Andrew, like, he's so good. They're like, oh, we need him. Like, we need him to do total access. So they, like, he wasn't even, like, I don't even think he served a day as the host (laughs) of NFL Fantasy Live, but he blew everybody away. And so they pulled him on to go do total access because he's, he's, he's amazing. And so they're like, well, we got to get two people in here. So they brought in Jason Smith, who is a local, he's a local guy as well. Overnight guy on ESPN radio. I was familiar with him, but it was still cool. Like Jason's great, but Matt Money Smith. Like I was like, I was like starstruck, like even more so than, you know, like they'll bring in Michael Irvin. You're like, yeah, Michael Irvin. That's cool. You're like, oh my God, Matt Money Smith's here. Like, this is like, oh my God. Like it was really like, I was intimidated and I don't know. I don't know after working with, I I don't listen, Matt hopefully considers me a friend and I, I consider him a friend and everything like that. I still get blown away. Like if I have to do stuff with money, like if I was called to do something with money today, I would still be a little blown away because he is so good. He is so good. Like it's so impressive. And you're like, I can't like, I guess again, this is like seeing Mark Kotze spraying baseballs all around the field from the, <laughs> from the left-handed batter's box of watching Matt money Smith. You're like, Oh my God, this guy's so good. So good at what he does. Yeah, I know. I, I, whenever I listened to him on the, when he was on the NFL network, it was like, dude, th- this is enjoyable. I don't even have to like know what he's talking just to hear him talk. You know what I mean? Just his voice and everything he had. You're like, all right, whatever he's selling, I'm buying. So smart. Like he is like legitimately, like, I feel like I, I don't think I'm smart. I think I'm clever. Matt money Smith is just freaking smart. And uh, you can't get any, and you can't get anything past him either too. Like, you don't even try. I still, oh, I still try. Cause I do what I do, but um, but yeah, what is Bobby saying? Oh yeah. You saw my, I did take a photo of my new driver, my new Srixon driver. I got Srixon clubs. I feel like those, that's a good brand. Like it's an underrated brand. Hey, my, my drivers are still made of wood. So we're just going to oh, put it right there. I've still got the old school ones. The persimmons, I, have a, I love it. 
Yeah, I, I still can't get in with everyone else here. Uh, but, Rank, really appreciate your time. Love the fact you're coming on. Hopefully we can get you on again here in the future as soon as you can get on because I still have a bunch of stuff I want to ask you about. Did and you have talk a bunch of about. questions and I didn't and I just blew through you know what, with, though, my dumb, ser- with my dumb anecdotes or whatever? No, you know what? Honestly, the questions weren't that good. So I'm kind of glad you give me some more time to actually get better questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're feeling pretty good about this. I'm glad we kind of went around. When we get into the Viper Pit here or the rabbit hole or whatever you want to call it, I just let it go and see where it goes. That's the best part of the show. That's when you're getting the true feeling of the person you're talking with, right? right. It's not rehearsed. It's, hey, let's see where this thing goes. And again, appreciate your time. And I, I'm this may be one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. So, Oh, my gosh. You're too kind. Thank you for time. saying that. No, I had a lot of fun. It was great talking to you guys. And I'd be happy to come back uh, at some point during the off season. And uh, yeah, it'd be great. All right, so for uh, Lewis there, Lewis, you want to say th- something real quick? Yeah, I, again, I just want to say thanks for Adams coming on. Thanks for, for Matt for bringing me in here. As uh, you know, I'm not as good looking as, as Calvin and Jeff, but I'm glad I could uh, you know f- fill the void and excited to you know be on board with the Dynasty Vipers. I'll be writing some content for the website as well, so you can check all of that out there. Uh, you can give me a follow on on Twitter there. But yeah, man, Adam, thanks so much for coming on. It was uh, it was it was a pleasure to to meet you and to chats a little bit of football and um a lot of other stuff with you it was, uh, it was a real good time so really appreciate you sharing all those stories as well oh my gosh thank you so much the pleasure was all on this side of the microphone right here i appreciate you guys all right and just like that that is episode 38 of the dynasty vipers viper cast with adam rank tune in later on we got bob harris coming on here in Ooh. oh i don't know what time is it now 3 30 your time yeah i got him coming on at 10 eastern That's- tonight he's that's nice a superstar. Cap. Oh my gosh. I was opening we, for Bob Harris. That's that's good. I feel we like got the put that at the fantasy top of the football, resume. a fantasy sports writer, whatever FSWA Hall of Famer, apparently. So like one of the uh, goats, yeah. What are the, like like if there was like a Mount Rushmore of like fantasy analysts or whatever, like he he like he would be there, right? Right. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. So Dude's got energy to burn too, so man. Good. I've never seen anyone with that much energy. Like He's, I don't know how I'm gonna keep up with him. He's such a nice, he's like such a nice man. And he's like super supportive. And I'm like, I, you know, and, and honestly, the fantasy industry is pretty good about supporting one another, but he's just like, he goes above and beyond. So I really love that Bob Harris. All right, Bob, you heard it. We all love you. See you later. <laughs>